One, hey, buddy. Can you hear the car alarm um, in my neighborhood that is basically just repeating the beam over and over again from our theme oh. song? Oh, I was imagining more of like a Dane Cook, like, gasoline is my blood, backseats, radial <laughs> mobs. I do not remember that bit, but that does sound like a Dane Cook bit. That, that was from like the album that everyone liked that Dane Cook did when we were in college. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, I guess I guess this isn't meet the archivists of comedy. Were you a Dane Cook fan? I I feel like uh, I very quickly skipped from him being very popular to him being universally hated. Like I almost don't remember the time where he had the, a good comedy career. The time, well, you remember when he had a good comedy career because it was when you heard of him. And right. then it was like once he was like an employee of the month territory where he's like now headlining bad movies, then everyone was like, oh, he's kind of just one flavor of like it was like him, him kind of yelling was yeah. was his comedy for at least in the beginning. It was like, you know, what? Adam Sandler kind of had a shtick that he just sort of kept. Yeah, like he he got like ten years out of Abaduba though. <laughs> like legitimately, got, had like a full career of Abaduba, <laughs> then had like a second phase, and now he's in his third phase, which might be the best phase so far. Nihilist, nihilist <laughs> Sandler, who's an actor. <laughs> yeah, like indie darling, nihilist gambling addict. Um. I feel like there's not like. Do you remember? Wait, the are we talking that, about like, Ivan Tony? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say maybe we should, but um, <laughs> speaking of gambling narcissists, but I was just gonna touch on comedy a bit more since this is okay. totally a soccer podcast. But I feel like do you remember the like absolute vitriol people used to have for like Carlos Mencia, and then eventually for Dane Cook, and I think for others in there. Are there still comedians that are that hated or are we just at a point now where everybody just likes the stuff that they like in their own little universe? Like, am I just missing that? Hmm. Well, now we have, instead of it being, there's one TV channel with one stand-up comedian right. going, there's niches and you just follow the people you like. Uh, so in a way who has time to watch comedians that they don't like, yeah. um, but you're right. You're right. I'm sure that exists. It just maybe not. Uh, like when we're when you're just getting exposed to like a couple comedians, especially when they're lowest common denominator comedians to begin with. Yeah, that's like you're on Comedy Central. You've got to appeal to just general America, whereas right. your David Crosses and whatnot are like, I'm going to talk to this 7% of the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're going to love every word that I'm saying. And I can still sell, sell out arenas with that. Or I can sell out, like, yeah. you know, big bars, wherever, whatever he wants to do. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there are people that see uh, Bo Burnham and they're like, I hate this guy. Um, mm. because, because he does his comedy in a very particular style. And if like the fast talking subtext isn't for you, you're going to not like him at all. Are we, are we, are you asking me, if, are there comedians that people don't like? Cause I'm going to say every comedian has people that don't like them. No, but like, I, and maybe this is all in my head, but like, I felt like there was like this weird, I think that you hit it on the head of like, it, it has to do with the sort of fragmentation of media, but like, 
there used to be comedians that were, they would just become, they would be overnight a little bit too famous, like Carlos Mencia, and then overnight everyone being like, no. But I Did think he- a lot of it was like, it's like the same reason that I hated boy bands back when I was in high school, partially because they were getting laid and I wasn't. But the other part of it was like, I'm only going to get to watch 10 music videos today. And if two of them are Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, you've just ruined 20% of music videos. Whereas like now, like I don't, I don't have to care about like BTS or whatever annoying, you know, that kind of music is out there. I just don't have to listen. There's, there's also the, the element of at one point, uh, I want to say most whether it's your TV show studio execs or movie producers or even the people that, I guess, control the comedy world, uh, the performers, the venue owners, and again, the TV broadcasters, like there's a certain point where they started realizing, wait, like we don't always have to talk down to our audience and assume that they're the dumbest. Like I want to say comedy has done that as well. Like you, yeah. when you... I think so much of what, like, uh, first of all, Carlos Mencia, didn't he, like, steal someone else's jokes? And wasn't that kind of one of the big strikes against him was theft of ideas? For sure. But then also, he's someone who would come out and just go, and I apologize for anyone listening. Oh, no. But he would go out like, you know what the difference between Latinos and white people are? And, like, that would be the the entrance to his set. And you're like, I've I've heard this 8,000 times. You're not telling me anything necessarily new. And then as we wisened up as an audience, it's like, also, you're not telling me anything that's necessarily true either. And there's truth in comedy, right? So, but I would say for for your Dane Cooks, it was like he had a shtick that was funny, but eventually all shticks become annoying. Like it's hard to reinvent shtick over time. Yeah. Your your, Your video's frozen. I don't know if you can... Be nicer to your computer or something. I am plugged. Yeah, please be nice, computer. Um, Uh, Does anyone watch? It's like I'm getting one frame from you every couple minutes. All right, now you're back. Weird. Sorry. All right, let's just talk Uh, talk more uh, disparagingly about professional comedians. (laughs) Yeah, Dane Cook is listening and hacking me, asshole. I was actually just about to say something nice about Dane Cook too, and that I like I think of all the like sort of comedians that used to get a lot of hate, I think that he probably could do some good sets, and I think he probably doesn't because he just has a lot of money and a little bit of mental health now, and is like, yeah, that's fine. So right after I got, I guess the first or the second COVID vaccine shot, you know, like the one you needed to, the, you need two quarters to play this this game yeah uh i i got the second shot and was like i just missed going to comedy for so long that i I went we went to a place in hollywood called fuck what was it was this the the place that we were supposed to go the largo or whatever no not the largo this is this is like comedy store or something like that i don't i can't remember or or maybe it was the hollywood improv but like uh it was gonna be just unknown number of stand-up comedians and we went there and like there was a couple of ones that maybe you had heard of before uh but dane cook was the surprise headliner and that's kind of something where you're like both like oh i know him but you're also like oh am i gonna not like this because (laughs) because you remember liking him when you were 19 
and now you're 37 and you're like how old must he be now uh oh uh, yeah but this was his first performance in the, since since a pandemic happened and instead of like busting into like an hour or a half hour of like very sticky like funny but like kind of noise based comedy he mm-hmm. just like spoke very candidly about how tough like his like mental health experience had been over the last i guess like year and a half or year and change uh and like a few hmm. of the things he said were funny but it honestly felt like we were just talking with someone who was just bearing his soul and by the end of that i was just like fuck do i like dane cook as a person <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And I think that, but I I wanted to tell you that because we were just sort of being like, yeah, Dane Cook, he just like makes noise and and does the car is gasoline as my blood bit. And like, (laughs) that was funny in the moment, but like audiences evolve seemingly or understandings of audiences evolve. And yeah, even performers can involve, it can evolve, can involve. They can involve. Not us. We haven't evolved. <laughs> no. But you, you can evolve. We're very involved. Wow, we haven't we're we're ten minutes in, not a, a talk of that the devil. That was a tight ten. That was a tight ten, as they say a in the comedy loose business. Loose lecture. <laughs> <laughs> um you wanna go first, Mr. Silverware holder? Yeah, I think I should talk. Uh it's my turn. So <laughs> <laughs> So United won the Carabao Cup. Um, A a cup that in in the days of Fergie, our fan base would be like, let's punt this shit so we can focus on the real stuff. Like, play the kids. Play the kids. Play play whatever the weakest legally allowable lineup would be. If we lose, we don't care. If we win, LOL at you. Um, now considering the, the, the homeward bound journey that my club has been on for the past, you know, decade, decade and a half, um, Chance, Shadow and Sassy are very happy to win the Carabao Cup, the smallest of the cups, the first cup that is played to completion, uh, in, in, in the football calendar. And we beat Newcastle (laughs) two to nothing early. Yeah, we finished that competition. We fin- <laughs> we finished all over uh, eleven Newcastle players by by doing our best Newcastle impression, uh, getting a goal or two early, and then just not allowing you to play football for the rest of the time, just ending the game. Can I just say that I'm equally impressed and not at all surprised that you know every character in the Homeward Bound lineup. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> did you did you have the VHS of that? Or oh yeah, of course. That, good? that was one of the uh, uh, approved films that were democratically chosen by one older brother and two younger sisters. So it was that, and the entire Olsen twins back catalog, which I know way too much about. <laughs> oh wow, amazing! Um, no Star Wars, no, nothing like that was permitted. Uh, always lost that vote one to two. Shockingly. Congratulations on the cup win. I thought that was going to be a tough one against Newcastle. And I also thought that it was very funny. This is a cup that I have very little experience with. And Arsenal, frankly, have very little experience with. We always think that we're going to have something better to do. And we sort of like just bow out of this competition early. And then in many seasons, we look back and I think, oh, what 
probably would have been nice to win a major trophy, even if it is the least major of the major trophies. Um, so Arsenal have won this one like very little uh, com- as a, as far as big teams go. And so I don't think I've ever actually watched someone lift this cup. I just sort of read about it in the newspaper. And I think it's so hilarious that this cup is not the right size. Like, do you look how small it is compared to the other cups? I'm like, come on, you you can afford the aluminum that goes into making like a normal size trophy league cup. But um, yeah, is it almost like really the hilarious. other cups? Like the other cups are like easy there, buddy. Like you're not you're not a you're not a World Cup. You're not a <laughs> you're not a European Cup. You're not a uh, a Champions think- League bu- trough bucket. <laughs> I think that. Like a lot of the bullying probably comes from the FA Cup because the FA Cup deep down is insecure because it's only one notch above it in the hierarchy. And I would even go but it so is, far. It as is a notch above it because it, it is it, a it notch just, above. It's, it's a bigger competition that more teams participate in. More teams participate, and I think like like the weird. I don't know. There's an economy that goes behind all of it too because the reason that nobody cares about the League Cup also beyond the history of it and like the tradition of it and the prestige. Because we all play each other already twice. Well, that and there's just not that much money involved in winning it. So whereas like the FA Cup, it's still it's way less than you would think. Like it's only like a few million bucks if I remember correctly. But it's still like enough that especially when you get towards the business end, you know. You want to win a few million bucks? Why not? And the Carabao Cup is even less than that, right? It's like a few hundred grand for the whole team. Is that it? I, I thought it I was at so. least. Hmm. Maybe it's a million. Yeah, I figured it'd be like, at least seven figures. But it's like when you think about it, that's nothing compared to the work you have to do to get there. It's an eighty-fifth of a Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an H. League Cup winners receive a hundred thousand pounds of prize money. So divide that. Like maybe I would just give all that to Garnacho and say, "Have a good weekend, buddy." That's literally like if that is a week's wages, then you're not breaking even because that's like one player's weekly wage. That's a. Fifth I mean, I guess you get to keep Ronaldo. All the money. It's a fifth suppose, of a Ronaldo per week. I suppose you get to keep all the money you made along the way, and in a sense, the real treasure and the real cup was the friends you made along the way but goodness i think it's it's really more like you i think they're legally bound to compete in it it's definitely winning it for money is not the case for sure um and it seems like for us the narrative was just about like let's practice winning something like let's practice you know uh i think i can't remember if it was either casemiro or someone paraphrasing casemiro were like Finals aren't for playing football. Finals are for winning finals. Like someone said something like that. And I was like, oh, that mm. makes a lot of sense where it's like at, at, at the, the matches during the rest of the season are entertainment because if you do your thing and you lose, there's still 37 more opportunities to get it right. Like this is why are you here if it's not to win this? Like yeah, you should yeah, yeah. just throw the kitchen sink at winning or don't, or don't, don't be there. Um, I'm not in. I was going to say that I I was going to totally digress here and basically just say that I think it resets the clock on, like, it quite literally resets the clock on how long it's been since you've won a trophy. And then I think it keeps you from turning into like your friend who hasn't had sex in a long time 
and like okay now every date <laughs> you know what i mean like every date becomes like higher higher pressure of like god it's been a year and a half like what are the odds that this time it's gonna be like the one and it's like I think on even though it's like a small cup, it's like on some level, no one can say that United haven't won silverware recently. And then that keeps the pressure off the team. And like speaking as a team where we had a nine year dry spell or was it yeah, nine year dry spell? Like it's really nice just to like not have that be a, another piece of waiting that is on the shoulders of your team. So I feel like congratulations, as you said, just another sexual metaphor for this for this cup. Boom. What the cup size is just fine, thank you. It's big enough to be it's a, a cup. It's a cup. It's a cup. It it counts, okay? <laughs> you can see all of the happiness and joy it brought to so many people the other day. So, size big enough. Yeah. Secondly, it's really rich uh having you describe that to me as my happily married friend with multiple children. I love hearing you tell me about <laughs> About There's... single desperation. I love hearing you explain that to me. <laughs> That's like you're going as me for Halloween. Is like basically <laughs> my Skylar cosplay. No, you have not. You have not spent uh, nine years in the wilderness of not winning a trophy. Or um, how about Newcastle's? Like they were. In, it was the 1960s, I think. No, really? Wow. Yeah, I thought that was the narrative. It was like last time Newcastle United won a trophy. Sure, there's gonna be some fun Wikipedia hack. Uh, night, sorry, 1955. Newcastle, yeah. They have I an think... Inner Cities Fairs Cup, which I would like to say is a very, very big trophy, considering that's one of the few European trophies that Arsenal have ever taken home. I've so we'll never, as... I've never heard of it before, <laughs> and I, and I read about soccer a lot. It it is a weird trophy in that, and I only know this because Arsenal have one, and it's sort of important to us because we don't have a Champions League trophy, we don't have a Europa League trophy. But it it actually kind of was a major. It's just they kept changing the format of the European competition, and that one went away relatively quickly. But it was very, it was probably similar to like a Europa League level competition. Um, but nobody. I'm knows gonna fight you. I'm gonna fight you on that. I'm gonna fight you on that. Any any competition that doesn't exist anymore at all doesn't matter. <laughs> but they've changed. Like, what about the Cup Winners Cup? Like those I, ones that are doesn't, totally that like because I don't think that the, I don't think any like single or two match cup counts as a cup. I, for example, I would argue that the Supporter Shield isn't a cup, and that's why it's a shield. Uh, I guess I would agree that it's not a cup. I mean, but are you trying to? Are you also saying it's not a trophy? Literally, a bowling trophy is a trophy. The question is, does it matter? By the way, the Cup Winners Cup that I'm talking about is not that Super Cup bullshit. That uh, it's like there used to be a thing that was kind of like like it used to be that there was sort of like a the Champions League. There's like the top tier. I forget what it was called of like European competition. And those were the people who had won yeah. their leagues. No, and I, then there was yeah, also, okay. Okay. It sounded just, like you were I just think if it doesn't, it the super cup. If it doesn't exist anymore, it kind of is for all intents and purposes relevant, right? Like it's not something that anyone can ever win again. It's not something where current, uh, current performance really matter. Like it doesn't matter who, who won the intertoto cup to me. It doesn't. 
I I agree with you to a certain extent. I think with the one exception of like European continental club right. competitions, we've only had the Champions League and the Europa Cup in their current form for a couple decades now, three decades. So right. Like, do you care? And, or do you, do you care who won the who wins the ICC trophy? What's that? It's it's, <laughs> it's the Visit America. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, like the fake like preseason trophies. No, but you just said fake. Those. You just said fake. The, who, but those who are says fake. what? Who, who says what is fake or what is real is a fetus Podcasts a life? Like us. Or I'm trying it... to litigate it right now. <laughs> um, the Catholic no, Church says a cup's not a cup unless unless I it's think married. If, if what you won was the like the highest or the second highest, if it was like you know, one of the very most prestigious cups of its kind at the time, then I think it matters. You know what I mean? I, like, I think I, the reason I'm saying this is I think the Carabao Cup is the lowest possible it matters trophy, but it matters the least. Yeah, I would agree with that in terms of like the cups that are currently being contested right now. But if you're going back in history, like for instance, let's say this is like not was that less. much... Going but back the, in history, money was the money money was less, globalization was less, competition was lower. I think the best teams from now wipe the floor with the best teams from yesteryear. That, that is a truism, but I still think that like I mean, but that doesn't mean that like who, you know, the teams that won the league in the 80s, that doesn't mean that they don't matter. Like the old competitions matter because you're grading on the curve of time. Like it was but, all, but there were no they, time machines. They're all teams from the 80s playing each other. If they all equal one unit, though, I can test that. Like, if if the t- if the team that wins something in the fifties did it with half the players were drunk and the center backs weighed two hundred and forty right. pounds, right? I mean, there's a and- reason that the old Etonians are not considered part of the Big Six anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. Like, there's a recency bias to this, but I'm saying that like, but it's not instance- just bias. It's not just bias though, because there's a recency of athletes being top tier athletes even but that's not even why it matters it just matters because like ultimately you have to like you have to win recently for us to keep caring about you you know what i mean otherwise like you're blackburn rovers and it's like okay cool that was neat that you did that that is a neat piece of soccer history we've moved on we're not going to see you anymore but like the point that i'm going to make and i'm going to interrupt you if i have to this time but the super league it almost went through and if the Super League had gone through, then suddenly the highest European competition would not be the Champions League. I don't think that it means that the Champions League didn't matter. I don't think that you like get to just discount those. I think that the Champions League was still the best competition of its kind at the time. And I think that similar things could be said for like the Cup Winners' Cup and some of these weird cups that we don't have anymore because they had to develop that infrastructure on the continent. And like if you if you were champions of Europe, if you lifted a cup, if you beat Barcelona, if you beat you know the Ajax teams of the, like it, that, I don't know. Those are big. Like if you, if you could beat those sides, then I think that, I don't know. I think those are worthwhile cups. I, I think they're a completely different caliber than the ICC and the Audi cup and all that. I love, I love how this is the most riled up I've ever gotten you on this podcast. And we've talked about like so much fucked up shit. <laughs> and this is, the, 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 this is me, the most wrong you've ever been. I'm like doing improv jazz flute to like get you riled up. I'm like, <laughs> you. I hear you talk about like some cup that matters to Arsenal I never heard of. I'm like, I'm going to step on <laughs> yeah. that on that dick right it. now. 
<laughs> I, I found an inner city fair cup and I peed in it. <laughs> I honestly, I don't give a fuck about most of this. I just, I'm just gonna keep going until, until you either agreed with me or got really mad and yelled at me. I didn't, I didn't have an end goal for that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the so in a way we both won. In a way, in a way, everyone has lost. Yeah. Uh, but I think from from back to the Carabao Cup, so we can move on from it. Like I'm happy. I'm happy we won something. I'm happy to see that. Ten Hag can get this team to play different ways based on the occasion. Like back like Fergie used to do. Oh, to live in that era again. So mm-hmm. I think that's been enough. And we're switching it up to wiki, 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 Arsenal. A game that I could not see because I live in the worst country in the world to watch English football in England. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I ran... Um, (laughs) I honestly think that I would have an easier time in Iran watching that game than I would have in England. I mean, not that because you're a straight man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Straight men are really having problems in Iran. The woke mob is out there. The straight man is, is who would probably be able to watch the most football. Just think about it. Chew on that for a minute. Straight. I, there's Not you, but like the audience. You can move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did just recently rewatch Aladdin with my kids. And <laughs> on Disney Plus, they now have like a quick, like it's like a whole screen of text. I wanted to pause it and like screenshot it, but my kids wanted to watch the movie. And it basically said, the following is a very racist movie <laughs> based on a bunch of stereotypes. No one should. En- and then at the end it says, enjoy the show. <laughs> and then it goes right into the movie. But that's true. It is. It is. All of that stuff is racist. But like, it isn't in a way, isn't Lion King even racist? Yeah, for sure. Like, the animals it, are talking with accents. Like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> is it? It wasn't that a Chris Rock bit where he said, like, I love animation, man. Like, you, if you're a black man, you can play any character from a zebra to a <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, truth in comedy, though. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. Somehow they're very, I don't know. This episode has been mostly about meta discussion of stand-up comedy. None of it's really been about football. <laughs> oh, gosh. And there's been like two or three cancelable bits. Yeah. I think I think only you're canceled though. All right, well go ahead. Do the rest of the show yourself, you asshole. And I think I think the inner city's fair is back on the menu, baby. (laughs) Wait, is Um, it inner city's fair? I think that's what it's called. The inner city's fairs. Sounds like the inner city's unfair truck trophy because <laughs> I didn't get to participate in it, and neither United was not invited. I was thinking about making an inner city joke and connecting it to the Chris Rock bit, but I don't want to get canceled too, so I'm just going <laughs> to skip that. Um, oh, so you're unwilling to hashtag Me Too my cancellation? When if we've had one host already get a red card, we, the last thing we need is another Skyler. I'm playing a man down as is. I'm the Casemiro of hosts. You're right. <laughs> All right. So um, what? What, what? What is your understanding of what happened during this match? Seeing as you couldn't watch it and I could, it it looks like both teams were a bit lackluster. Um, 
I saw a stat that the lowest XG that's been posted in the Premier League was Leicester in this game. They only managed one shot, and it was from like 30 yards out, and it wasn't even like a particularly good attempt. So everyone seems to think that Arsenal is sort of very much in charge of this game. But ultimately, when you win 1-0, like, I don't know. There's al- there's always that moment where you could slip on a banana peel or something happens, and I don't know. It didn't happen. So I'm glad that it didn't happen, but I think that we probably could have been more convincing against a sort of lower mid-table side what Leicester is this year. Um, what, and then wait, I guess, what was the final? What was the final? It was 1-0. Oh, the one on the weekend. Right, right, right. I my head was sorry. My head was that wait. You couldn't watch the one on the weekend, or you couldn't watch the one today. Both. So the one on the weekend, like the Leicester one, that one kind of made sense within their dumb rules because okay, if you're saying on the weekends people could go to the games, so we're going to black them out at three p.m. So you can't like just sit in the pub and watch it. You have to go to the game. Like I kind of get that logic. The, pro- the reason that the Everton game was blacked out, which was happening on a Wednesday evening. So I was actually thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those midweek games that's on Amazon Prime. Sweet. I'm going to like have some cookies and ice cream and watch it at my house. And You're going to get Prime delivery for the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but instead, they said, well, this game was originally scheduled on the weekend at 3 p.m. So therefore, it cannot be televised in the country. And it's like, it, it's on Wednesday night. I mean, and it's amazing when you look, like it's something like probably two thirds or no. Yeah, probably about, I don't know, probably about half to two thirds of the matches in any given week are the middle time slot kickoff on the weekend. So they're basically just saying, we would like to make half as much money as this league is worth by not televising these games. It's, it's insanity. Or at least, like, if you really wanted to, like, milk the TV money and fuck the fans over, which, of course, is what they want to do, then at least let them televise it in the pubs. Like, even if people can't have it at their house, now you're making those pub licenses that they sell for a king's ransom worthwhile because, like, I would have to go out and I would have to buy a couple, like, $6 or six-pound beers, you know, to make it worth the pub owner's while. But to just not show it at all is a fucking... I mean, five out of... So including the last two, five out of the six Arsenal games, like so the next three out of four will also not be shown. So it's like I'm in the middle of this title run in England, and it should be like amazing, but like they're blacking out the games to get people to go to the stadium, which by the way, you can't get tickets to. I mean, like I looked today, I was like, you know what? It's a Wednesday night game. Maybe I am an Arsenal member. Does- Maybe somebody's selling them. Does blacking out the game for a broadcast slot also mean that there's no archived re re broad not read broadcast but you know like after like two or whatever like an hour after the match ends or maybe even less I can just go to the app and watch match replays like watch watch yesterday's matches like can you watch it archived or is that is it like forbidden I- for your eyes to see it like Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Ark of the Covenant. I believe I could still watch the replay, but it wouldn't be until basically like the next day. And even that you would either need to have the subscriptions. You would need three subscriptions to watch all the games that are available. And even then you can't watch the games that are unavailable because they're unavailable. And so you'd still have to be spending like about 75 pounds a month 
to watch all of the half of the games that they're actually going to show, which is insane. And then to get the replay. And then I think Arsenal actually posts replays of our matches the day after on the website, but I don't know. I, the thought that the local people there feel a passion about this game and about their club that I got to say meets or possibly exceeds our passion and our passion's pretty nuts. But like when yeah. it's everything about your life, it's like woven into the fabric of yeah. the fucking seats on the tube. Like how, how are people not angrier about like I hear about blackout yeah. blackout issues here with like baseball. Who gives a fuck about baseball? Right. <laughs> like, Right. Like, why aren't there, why aren't there like parliamentary buildings like on fire with angry mobs? I'm not suggesting that again, but I'm, I'm <laughs> with what I, with what I know about, about uh, the most diehard of football fans is that they, they get violent for way less. So yeah. like, how, how has this not been something that's been confronted with a massive public outcry and like dealt with? It's a great question. I think I, I we think got a it's football regulator. We got a football regulator yeah. coming in. <laughs> it does like if anything, I'm surprised. It seems like low hanging fruit for one of the political parties to snatch to be like, look, we spend an awful lot of resources, you know, with police and public transportation and all the various things that we do to make these games happen. You're going to let us watch it, you know, and it just it, I, I think that would be a very popular move. Um, among football fans. But I think I think the real answer is that it's never not been this way. And almost every league in the world, like certainly American sports had very stringent blackout rules for some time until it's kind of like we were talking about before of like, there's a point where greed takes over. What was it? What was the choice before greed or I forget. We had a thing going. It's greed normally wins. Yeah, like greed wins in America for sure. It should greed sometimes greed and logic do go hand in hand. Yeah, like sometimes totally. the thing that would make you more money is also the thing you should do because everyone's asking you to do it. One hundred percent. And this is one of those times where it's like you're leaving money on the floor so that you have the right to make me more miserable, so that theoretically I'm going to go to games more. But the stadium is sold out, you know, or it's like at least like even even when the NFL still had these rules and I remember it like affecting things sometimes it would it was at least like sort of logical where they would say like, all right, if the Atlanta Falcons have a home game and they haven't sold out their home stadium, then we're not broadcasting it in Atlanta. They're not saying like no one in the entire country gets to watch the game or like if it's the Falcons playing the Packers, no one in Green Bay gets to watch this game because we need, you know, because those people like are just pop on down to the stadium in downtown Atlanta. You know, it doesn't make any but, sense. But they also make it sound like this isn't the most popular sport in the planet and the yeah. most popular league on the planet with with a whole tourism industry around people just going there to watch the matches like if they think any of these stadiums aren't gonna, you know, fill up, right. I think that's just nuts, right? Like the smaller teams have smaller stadiums. Yeah. And and like like I, I just it blows my mind, especially when you consider the thought of like a pr a Premier League app cuts out all middlemen who profit from broadcast streaming. Like the Premier League would just have their own set of commentators. Yeah. Their own sort of graphics package, their own like little fake studio, 
those are sunk costs. And then every dollar that comes in is just like after they've paid their server costs is is profit. Like for the greediest league, <laughs> yeah. In in the on the greediest sport and the plant, it's like is it just that the people that run that shit are just too old to understand what what they don't understand? Like our like our legislators here don't understand about the internet because they're all old fucking geriatrics who don't get technology. Like, is it is that the issue? Because greed should be improving the UX right now. I think the one problem with greed in this sense is like there like if you're looking for a bad example of greed, it would be like feudal societies of like you know like monty python and the holy grail kind of shit where there's a bunch of people out slapping mud and it's like that is the kind of like well it's like because there's okay you have you know you have the football league that controls the league cup and those rights are different than the football association that controls the fa cup and they definitely don't get along with the european union of football associations that controls the you know so i think that's one of the innate problems of being a football fan is that i don't actually give a fuck about any of those organizations but the idea that they're ever going to work together to make some sort of thing called like the football app that i can download and watch all the football on or you know more specifically in my case and i, I think this is probably it's, not true it's of like all the nfl football what's the, what's the thing the package called like nfl, yeah, NFL game pass or, a game, uh, a game or something, yeah, something like that. But maybe both of those. But yeah, it's but you have those, just and you get to watch everything. It's great. If it's just if it's just the thirty-eight Premier League games, that would be a massive step up. Right off the bat, that works. But then all you've got to do is, like, if you have the rights to, I may, may, would it be that they would buy the rights to the FA Cup, the League Cup, and in a crazy scenario, the champions league, and then it would just be a more expensive price, but it is a one-stop shop. Like just having, even if you're spending the same amount of money you currently right. spend watching football to have it all be in one place and to not yeah, have exactly. to play guessing games. And it's just wherever you are, you're watching the games. Let's exactly. say, it's, let's say 300 bucks a year. Yeah. Even that is like a lot of people would balk at that price. But when you think about it, like, you're That's you're just dividing it up. Yeah, you know. You're already spending that. And I get and I don't know. I think just even just the league doing it would be smart. Yeah, like how are they not? How are they not? Because <laughs> they keep they keep being locked into the cycle of like last time we negotiated broadcast rights, we got X. Now we're getting 1.5 X the next time. And so they just stay stuck in that system because the money keeps going up. Right. But but it would take it would be it'd be uh, EA Sports saying we're done paying FIFA for the name FIFA levels of either bravery or ineptitude to break away from that T. Yeah, I think in the long run it would be the right move, and you know there's probably some sort of hybrid model that would probably work really well. I mean, because if you like, I have the NFL Sunday Game Pass, and when you watch it on there, you're not watching NFL Sunday Game Pass broadcast. You're watching CBS, Fox, NBC, whoever's playing it elsewhere. And, you know, so like everybody's still sort of wetting their beak. It's like, but it's like you're saying where it's like. Because every NFL game has a local feed. Of this. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's, How, a, it's a shame. It is. So it, was there a feed of the Arsenal match that other people were getting to see then? I'm guessing there must have been. 
So yeah, like that that's the other sad thing about it is that if you're in basically anywhere except England or anywhere except the UK, then of course you were able to watch it. Yeah, and so, so, and so then it the other thing Well, right. And then the other thing that they're creating there is like, okay, so you're gonna broadcast this game everywhere else, and you're just gonna assume that none of the tubes are gonna connect back to people who want to pirate this game. In a, you know, in so it's like you're creating this gigantic piracy economy here for what? Like, just take our money, you assholes. Since, since Spotify has come out, have you had to pirate a song? Like, I haven't had to pirate a single song when the price point was right and the yeah. user experience is great. It's like, okay, pi- piracy is more difficult and annoying and risky than just paying you yeah, the simple exactly. amount and using your shit or using it for free and listening to the occasional ad like that's also like a very good deal i did that for a while and I, that ad that ad is you paying for it just differently yeah. that there's still money changing hands the only piracy that i have done is like bands that have unreleased material that i would like to hear i've done that so basically like if there's something that's not on spotify but it's really it's kind of hard to find that stuff it's like very or like i've done stuff that isn't exactly piracy but it's like I'm looking for like a dubstep mix that came out in 2006 that I like, or, you know, it's just, it's just weird and esoteric, but um, yeah, no. Why like make it easy. Like it, it, it does. You, you were talking about this earlier in a sort of tangential way, but you were mentioning the regulators in Congress who are old and don't understand the internet. Like imagine if you had faithfully followed your team you know, you are a till I die kind of person and you're Imagine. getting close. Uh, you get, you're getting close to the die part of it. Let's <laughs> say, you know, let's say that you're like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. You've been following your team forever. And this is like, your, this is your little joy. I, I, it must be impossible for people that are used to just flipping on the TV and having the game there. It must boggle their minds to try to like, think about different apps and downloading this or that and which channel is this competition on and oh yeah they've actually changed these competitions since the 80s when you were really up on it pops and it's like it's sad it's like it becomes i don't know it becomes like a legitimate accessibility issue i don't know there's just so many levels that it's wrong the innovation it seems like is really slow with sports leagues in general compared to other companies one feels like other companies have to innovate or die because they don't have a built-in audience of idiots who are willing to hand them money no matter what the product is like right yeah and and in this case in this case they know even with this shitty ass rule that they've got in place you're still gonna spend as much money as you were gonna spend on arsenal you're still gonna show up to support them like how did how do they lose by abusing the fan here because it's it, it is a little bit of an abusive relationship because uh, sure. they they know we're not going to go anywhere else. Like where you're going to go is kind of what what each league and each sport says to you. Like think about just let's leave soccer for a second. That all that bullshit with the MLB owners. Like was it two years ago? Year and a half ago? Mm. Like what what a middle finger to every fan who's ever gone to a baseball game or spent money on baseball or played baseball. That that whole like. We're only making hundreds of millions. Help! Like, yeah, like that. That message to fans who have spent uh, all of their income on on a sport they're passionate about. Yeah, it it feels it feels like it's it's like the, the leagues don't often do the right thing until they're forced to. 
and soccer is no exception. Like how much uh, sexual abuse and misconduct is only getting sorted out because of social media and grassroots journalism right now. Like yeah. no one, no one will change shit until they're forced to. Uh, speaking of changing shit until we're forced to, actually, I'm going to switch the order here a little bit, Jeff, and talk about the the mm. the the Glazer sale or no sale of United because it feels like there there have been a lot of conversations about and, and and a lot of those conversations about like who can or should be allowed to own any club, much less uh, pieces of history like like any of these older original clubs. The, the potential introduction uh, of a British government-based uh, football regulator. Is there a different word that's been getting thrown around? I feel like I might be saying the wrong specific vocabulary. No, I think I think you have it more or less right. And I also think there's not as a lot of specifics out there, right, for you to uh, be screwing up at this point. It's still sort of a nebulous idea, but... And I also am not in Parliament or anything, so I pretty much am behind, I'm behind the eight ball already for <laughs> for understanding what's going on in 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 uh, UK government. But like the thought that only certain types of people should be allowed to own a club, like how do you feel about that? Like, where, you know, where, gonna, what are your thoughts? I think that it it becomes if if it's done well, it could be the best thing that's happened to english football in a long time if it's done poorly it could it could you know you're just sort of instead of having one group of assholes in charge you have a different group of assholes in charge you know so i think i i like the spirit of where it's coming from i like the idea that the fans are going to have more say i like the idea that they're going to keep teams from moving their clubs i like the idea that they're gonna you know put in more protections for fans I do think that like some the ownership one is an interesting one where as these clubs get more and more expensive, you go from what was already a relatively limited pool of owners who have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to being an infinitesimally small group of people who have three, four, five, six, seven billion dollars to like spend two, on a three dozen people. Right. And then so if you become picky and choosy about like which ones like, how do you make that decision? Because pretty much everyone at that level of wealth is a criminal, in my opinion. So, right. Um, but, and, but don't you think it's kind of interesting, though, how it's like what what country the people are from does feel like it is part of the conversation. I can see through the transparency of the Qatar bid, or not the trans, I can see transparently through. Sure. Sort of how they're positioning the Qatar, but it's the Qatari government. It's like it's the sure. people running Qatar that are that are doing this. But you also kind of hear this undertone of like because they're from a part of the country we don't like. Yeah, they shouldn't be allowed to own a club. There's a xenophobia about it where you're like, well, the, the, this doesn't make everything that the Qatari government has ever done okay, but. Right. Like, also, you should not be dressed as an oil shake in the protest. Like, that's also fucked up. Like, it's it, 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 it's interesting because, like, what's best for the club and what's, like, ideal in, like, a modern, let's say, liberal society might not be in exact alignment with each other, right? right? Like, right. something that might be best for the club might kind of be a racist or xenophobic idea. 
and and how do you how do you balance that out with your own personal morals? Like for me, I'm not sure if I can understand the racist or xenophobic. All right, all right let me let me. Right, Jim Ratcliffe, uh, we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He could be right. a bad. He was part of. He was apparently, from what I have read, part of the whole like Brexit movement. He's uh, like not that far from being like a tr person who has his own personal beliefs. It might be like pretty Trumpy. So yeah. like. But if but for us to be like, yay, him, he can do it. Like, he's not like he's an upstanding individual. It's like we've just drawn the line at certain cultural differences. Like, all the people are problematic, but some of the problematic is white. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I feel that way. I'm saying I'm perceiving this to be a big part of the conversation. My ideal is not possible. My ideal is fan. Like, we have if you have a 600 million fans and we all kicked in a few bucks i feel like we could buy this club <laughs> right that's my ideal is the german system that's not going to happen it's too late and so when we're talking about like a british government regulator are they gonna like take clubs away from the people that own city and newcastle and potentially even united's brand new owners if that goes because could, could there be a world where it goes through and they just say we're taking back effectively private property that you purchased with money. Yeah. Like, I mean, the most interesting precedent of that is not that far in the rearview mirror. Chelsea. I mean, if you look at what happened to Chelsea exactly. Um, but what know, made that what more. made that okay or allowable? Was it because of war? Was it like, is it like. Right. Like it's not racism, but maybe xenophobia. Like I think there is an element of that where it was like, because there were other, they weren't the only people that were like, Russian plutocrats that had ties to club like Everton, Uzmanov, right? Yeah, like there's a formerly of Arsenal, and but because they were the ones that were so publicly associated, and they were you know they were Chelsky and they were the Russian club, they were the ones that got picked on. And don't get me wrong, it was very very funny to watch Chelsea get picked on, and I could go for it again anytime. But I do think <laughs> like you want to be picked on for the right reasons. Yeah, no, I mean, but the. Uh, it does set a bit of a wacky precedent. And that was before they've taken this step to sort of give the government more teeth in regulating football. So it's kind of scary. Um, but, but hopefully it's they just use it to fuck with Chelsea. It's interesting because football has gotten to the point where it's big enough that it, like, someone really fucking with football could be devastating to the local economy. Like, devastating. The, like, the way if any other big industry just disappeared overnight. Yeah, like foot, like all the money and organization, which all comes starts with fans. So, like, if a fans collectively turn their back on football, yeah. or or like, it makes it makes sense. If if that if football is one of Britain is one of Britain's biggest and best exports, and 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 biggest and best industries. So, like, maybe that entire industry. Like, if there's a world where you can own multiple clubs in European competition. And then there's a world where you could just say, oh, my cousin's the one buying Arsenal. I own yeah. United. Pretty soon, a single family could own this whole league and could own and control this entire holy artifact that, that is the Premier League, that is British football. Like, hmm. it's almost like, what if, what if foreign, what if like China, China, uh <laughs> could buy like the smithsonians 
Think about yeah. that. Think about that. What if China could own the Declaration of Independence? Or what if China could could buy the Lincoln right. Memorial? It, that is a that is an extreme example, but that's sure. sort of the the conversation here is like this is important enough to us that we that we need to put in protections to prevent some like money hacking hijacking of of cultural local heritage. Yeah, and it's like it's never been more at risk of that. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about the Radcliffe bid is this might be the last time that you see an English person buy a big club in England because the the British economy is one of the worst ones. Like in spite of all the sanctions on Russia, there's only like two economies that are supposed to not grow this year. And it's the UK and Russia. And like just being here on the ground in lots of small and not so small ways, like you notice like this this is a country that is like really not sure how it's going to function financially for a while. And so unlike this one, (laughs) no, but like, yes, like as much as every, everyone in the world is always like the economy's fucked. No, the economy's really fucked here. Like everything is getting way more expensive and no one's making any money. Like, and that's the same. (laughs) It's, it's, it's rough here. And I think like, I, I really wonder if this will be because it's such a strange timing thing where the league, the British football, you know, the, the Barclays premier league, whatever you want to call it, they, that has never been more popular. So as that has skyrocketed in popularity, the locals ability to have any control or say in it has diminished at the same crazy exponential rate. Um, That's a recipe for, it's a recipe for people checking out and there's, you know, Manchester United was maybe the first one to do this, but that whole like FC United of Manchester thing where they built a local club kind of in the image of that. There's a similar one going on for Arsenal. Now I might've sent you that link a while back. Maybe um, I probably didn't click on it. <laughs> where Basically, you know, it's a, it, they're in a much, this is like what FC United of Manchester was maybe 15, 20 years ago, I think where they don't have their own ground yet. They, are not even in the area of town that they want to be, but they have like people showing up in Arsenal jerseys. And like, in some ways I kind of, if it wasn't so far away from me, it's like impossible to get there. I would almost want to go and get involved in it because it's like you show up with an Arsenal Jersey on and you get like dollar pints. And it's like, they're pulling the same kind of like stuff that you see in like Wrexham. Cause this is a team that I think like Wrexham would be a whale next to this team being a minnow. I think they're like, pretty far down the league and it's like it's owned by some guy who's like a contractor you know right but it's an interesting thought you know it's like we talked about before can you own an idea and i think there's more and more of a movement within like local english clubs because they do have such a great grassroots game of like championship and even below level teams that have a lot of support of like maybe that's what they're more interested in and on some level the big six and those sorts of clubs they're going to become a tourist destination or something a tv show you know oh god that will not be televised here in the uk but it feels like without what then back to the government regulator without that intervention and the right intervention not just intervention like it it needs it needs it needs to be very forward thinking for what we're used to seeing legislatively passed in any country United States especially, but but yeah. in the UK too. I 
I, I don't see any way that this ends without intervention other than every Premier League club is owned yeah. by like the same like dirty half dozen like bad actors, like guys that that do bad shit, guys that have billions because they've done bad shit, not because they've won the lottery. Right. And and like will 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 that eventually rip football away from us or will it be kind of like a cyclical thing where like yeah, they ruin football and for a time, we go away from it, and that makes it maybe less desirable or less powerful of a thing to own. And then we flock back to it because, okay, all these people have fucked off because it doesn't really serve their purposes anymore. Right. Or I think I, I, what I, I would be interested to talk to like a soccer futurist. Mm, like that what would what, be a great guest to have on the pod. Is that us? Are we the soccer future? <laughs> yeah, is this the only person? I'm sure we're not the only people thinking about this stuff, but you're right. It's You get so sucked into the day-to-day results of things that it's hard to think out this far. I mean, the thing that I'm churning through in the background as we have this conversation is like, it's not enough when you're a government regulator to have the best intentions. You have to actually have very, very, very smart rules and policies that you're putting in place. Because even when you have the best intentions, there's always unintended consequences of the things that they put into place. And I could see there being realities where in an effort to make things more fair or in an effort to do the right thing, they make it restrictive. It make it harder for money to come into the Premier League and into other, you know, sort of levels of British football. And then this doomsday scenario that I've always had in the back of my mind, which is like, well, what if the money in China or what if the money in some other developing market starts to totally dwarf the European leagues that have all the history and tradition and the laundry that I like, you know, the shirts and all that. Like, what if those... What if those things just become dwarfed and it becomes like, I don't know, like every 19 year old Brazilian wants to go play for Guangzhou Everground because that's where the money is. I think that, you know, something like that, where it's a very, it's five dominoes away from happening, but that's the kind of stuff that you have to be careful about when you start passing big one size fits all sort of um, regulations and whatnot. So Last last bit before we move on to today's results really quick. Um, what if you could just pass you, Jeff Vitkin, could pass mm. one one rule for the Premier League specifically, what rule would you implement? And it can't be something stupid like Arsenal always has to win because like <laughs> come on, be realistic. No, you know what I would love? I'm trying to think exactly what the rule would be, but it would be something along the lines of like every fan gets to watch the games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know exactly how you, you pull, monster. Like, I don't know how exactly <laughs> that goes into effect, but like call me crazy, but I think for a reasonable amount of money, you should be able to watch the games live. You know, like cut I think to that Jeff Bitcoin assassinated monster. <laughs> <laughs> what would yours be? My, mine is less realistic than yours. I think that's a that's a fair and realistic thing to ask for. Mine would be every club 
that is owned by someone else, that person has to put up like essentially like a low cost stock option buy-in for all fans to get to mm. 50 plus one to get to that like 50 percent of the club must be owned by the fans plus one fan so that way if all the fans are united against something the owner wants to do they can they can overrule that decision yeah i, I that's that is the rule for all german clubs and I think that while Germany lags behind in finance, a lot of the reason is because of that, because it's very fan friendly uh, league. It's maybe the most fan friendly league. Like you can see matches for no money. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I I think the German model stupid blackout rules. I mean, they might, who knows, but like, I think that the German model is largely the idealist model and I'm still an idealist. And if I'm making this rule, yeah, gonna gonna do that. Um, all right, Jeff. I I think I just talked a lot. Oh, I think the whole point of that was also the Glazers have suggested they're not gonna sell, <laughs> which I think is just a negotiating tactic to try and get another billion out of the Qataris. Sure. And I think eventually they'll split the difference. But like, fuck all these people, honestly. Fuck they all sell. of them. They all right, Jeff. Oh, boom. Um earlier tonight i didn't get to watch it but from what i followed in the highlights i saw that we scored an ever ton of goals um and that was good to see because i was a little we have been skidding in in our form recently and i think one thing that they did that was really really smart is they started playing trosser they took him out of the left wing role and they played him as a gabriel jesus style number nine and I think we needed that, especially against teams like Everton, where like they're going to sit back. They're going to have a very low disciplined block and you need someone who can dribble past a couple guys and make some shit happen. And he, he seemed to do that. And I think it also prepares us nicely to play with the actual Gabriel Jesus, who's been back in training. So hopefully we'll see a bit more of him. I wanted to say something about like if he, if he's Jesus light, does that make him like an apostle or? <laughs> oh man, uh, you could have taken that in a much more offensive direction. But yes, oh. <laughs> it, yeah, totally. It makes him it makes him Paul. <laughs> well, what direction would I take it at? Jesus, Jesus light. I thought you were gonna name some other god and claim it. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> well, no uh, one fi- one fictional deity is the same as another in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah, all even. And I was like, how could you get lighter than Jesus? If you read the Bible, he weighed like a buck ten wet. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's the Holy Spirit is what he is. Yeah, from, from the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did a gesture just for the just for the live viewers. Um, and then, all right, so you... So wait, was that FA Cup or was that League? That was no, FA that Cup. was the League. And so now, I oh, guess... Oh, so that, that was, was your game, game in hand. hand. So now so... you're... what? How many points... Clear so of city are you? Five ahead of city, and that would put eight eight ahead of us. Correct, I believe, because you're three behind city, if I remember correct. And are we level on? We're we're level on matches. But you guys, I think, also have a game in hand now because of your cup craziness. So now you still have a game in hand, but you're eight points behind us. But theoretically, you could be five. Well, crazy? if we have a game in hand, Jeff. I would argue that we're probably going to win it, even if we suck that day. Um, Because (laughs) springboarding off of the Newcastle result, where we didn't play that great, but we won, we played against uh, West Ham today in the FA Cup, and we didn't play that great, and we won. 
we won three to one. Uh, I think it was. Oh fuck! Was it? Oh, three to so one. the first. Yeah. Do you ended up scoring a goal at the end there? Yeah. I missed that. Uh, I think I think it was Fred. So the first goal looked like a Vout Veghorst goal, but there is no such thing as a Vout Veghorst goal. So it was an own goal off of someone else's head. Then Garnacho completed the comeback. Oh, of course, he was just like I was here. <laughs> I, I'm saying during the during the uh, Carabao Cup at the end when everyone was like celebrating, Vout Veghorst just like knelt in front of the goal and the fans and just looked like he was about to cry. And like oh, wow. it's kind of even he's not a great player, but it's like ah, oh, kind of awesome to see somebody who really cares. Like <laughs> he's like, this has been the hardest twenty nine days of my life. <laughs> no, but but like he's he was at he was in Turkey before, and before that he was at Burnley. So for yeah. him to like win something, to win a trophy yeah, with a with a, with a sure. with a with a great team in the Premier League, it's like he appreciates that, even if he's not like. MUQ, as we like to say, Man United quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be someone who's got the right attitude, which is a Eric Ten Hag mandate at this point. Um, but yes, we won um, three to one. I want to confirm that that was a Fred goal. I feel like it was. Uh, While you're yeah. confirming that, I just did some Google confirmations, and it was actually <laughs> a lack of confirmation. But I looked at the league table, and United are 11 points behind Arsenal. But, but we do we, have the game with a game hand. in hand, right, right. and you're six points behind City, but also with a game in hand. Because okay. it, it, which actually does make more sense. Because I was thinking, wait, there's no way you just win your game in hand and then you're tied with City, right? But yeah, but so so wait, uh, Jeff, I'm gonna text you uh, this name because I want you to have it in front of you. Okay. Look at who scored the own the own goal. <laughs> Aguero. Also, wait. <laughs> Yeah, it looks it looks like like Aguero, but like Aguero. someone typoed. Yeah. Um, and then Garnacho. By the way, I didn't know Garnacho had uh, another last name, Ferreira. Alejandro yeah. Garnacho Ferreira. Ferreira. Has Garnacho had a sniff of international football at all? He almost went to the World Cup. He was one of the last two people cut for that last... Uh, I can't remember who it was that didn't go for fitness reasons, but like it was him and one other or two other for players Argentina. that were being... For Argentina. Okay. Because he, I think he also has a Spanish passport, but that's not a thing, right? No, no, no. He's... he's def- I think he's Ar- Argentina. For Ar- you're, wait, I think you're, he has you might both. Be right. So he, so he was young enough that he hadn't declared, and so Argentina was courting him even for that. But you're right, he he could be. He, I don't know if he's had. Ooh, yeah, he's basically played he's, youth international football for Spain. But then he did U twenty for Argentina. I don't know if he would still have a chance to do the like one time switch, or if that's over twenty one, you can do a one time switch. Huh. International. He's still eligible to play for Spain and Argentina. Interesting. I mean, I, anyway, I, he's dope. <laughs> yeah. So, are you? Are so, you? Yeah, so, are you eating the garnachos? Yeah, I think he's going to be someone that Barcelona try to steal in like three or four years, honestly. And I, yeah. I worry about that. I worry about Barcelona wanting to take Garnacho and Ten Hag away from us. 
or Madrid, either or, but probably Barcelona would make more sense for both because you've got little messy regen and you've got Dutch coach who plays football the way that Barcelona would probably be happy to play it. I want to set a reminder in a few years to tell you that Garnacho is a messy regen and let's just see if he's have the same energy to that take. He's a little messy regen. It's up to him if he <laughs> okay. If he so he's he's kind of like the Holy Spirit in that way, where he's not like a Jesus. He's not you know not the. Full... He's like a Jesus light. I would call yeah. him right. Oh yeah, <laughs> a Jesus, no calories. Would you would you say like if you had to guess now, better or worse career than Gabriel Jesus, who's not messy level, but also is like a. How many goals has Jesus scored? Sixty. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of goals, that's like the one thing he's not good at, which does sort of set you back as a striker. But but this this kid's got a bunch of goals for like his year 18 introduction to the first team kind of in, in and out of the team season. He's scored like, I don't know, what, hmm. six goals, something like that. He's got a bunch of assists. That's pretty good. By the hmm. time he's, let's say, 22, four yeah. years from now. <laughs> Is he still 18 Gs? Yeah. Wow. He is 18, growing on 19. Growing on? <laughs> All right, this isn't Meet the Theater Majors, okay? Give me a break. That's my other podcast. Meet the Theater Majors, uh, probably more interesting podcast than this one. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, do you, any, anything else you want to talk about before we go back to our separate lives, our distinct and separate lives? Ivan Tony should have been locked away before he scored the equalizer against us. That's all I want to say. Uh, okay. Uh, so he he's into betting. Jeff's into making uh, wine out of sour grapes. And, <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of betting, I will I will do a plug for a different quality podcast. I plugged it here before. Um, I'm going to send you a link to it, so then iTunes podcast will always tell you that you should uh, listen to it. But whistleblower. The one on the corrupt referees in the NBA is a really, really interesting one, even if you don't like the NBA much like me. And I think it's very relevant considering the absolutely terrible quality of officiating that we have in the Premier League. And I would not surprise me even in the slightest if some of the same dynamics that you see in that podcast are going on in the Premier League. And they are releasing new episodes now where basically people that were not willing to talk on the record before because this is all stuff that happened relatively recently these big scandals um now suddenly they are and so that's my uh that's my plug to say it's just a fantastic really really well done podcast and there are amazing hoagie mouth philadelphia accents in it just everywhere so enjoy so let me understand you're driving our listenership into the hands and arms of another lover (laughs) They barely ever put out podcasts, and when they do, they're good. So they're kind of like the opposite of us, where we put out podcasts consistently-ish, and they're good-ish. Well, Jeff, uh, agree to disagree. (laughs) Okay. Later, buddy. Bye. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A sucker podcast that probably won't last. Ryan?
Hey, hey. 